Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte. And we're here today. We've got a special guest with us. And like the quarterback in a teen movie, he's come crawling back once he realized what he's missed. Once again with us, Casey Bartley. We'll always love you. <laughs> well, that's from the bodyguard, but you know, Hi, still, still good. Uh, Casey is back with us. He has, you know, he did take the big boy job over at the new Rivals website, uh, Boiler Upload. He's got a new podcast. Hey, you got it right this time. I know. I got it wrong the first time. I don't even remember what I called it. That was high class petty. Yeah. Boiler uh, Depot. Yeah, I think that's what I did. Uh, so he has got a new podcast. He's got a new gig. So he's coming over. Uh, wants to get fat off our listeners, and we are happy to help because obviously, big fans of Ka- big fans of Casey's work uh, do everything we can to help him out and get some more listeners, some more readers over there. So he is going to join us today. We're going to look ahead to the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament that Purdue basketball will be playing in in Portland, Oregon. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about Purdue's win over Northwestern and the look ahead to the rest of the Big Ten West. So. Gentlemen, are we? Uh, we want to do a question at the top because I've got I one. Love questions. All right, Casey, I'm down. You've actually, I think, already spoken about this one, but uh, this was what I was going to ask yeah. before I knew you were coming on. So uh, okay, I so teased let Ryan answer, and I'll make fun of Ryan. There you go. So I teased this in the chat uh, with Ryan. We talked about it a little bit the other day in the group chat. Um, what, in your mind, is the best sports movie geared toward kids? Oh. Um, see, this is complete. This is not the question I thought you were going to ask. Don't want um, your new age stuff, okay? Yeah. Geared not towards here kids? Yeah. Personally, I think Space Jam okay. is just a classic. Okay. Or The Sandlot. Both so- I would say those are both solid choices. Both solid <laughs> choices. Do you remember what my answer was? Because I don't. I don't remember what yours was, actually. It, I think Sandlot was one of them. Yeah, it might have been Rookie of the Year. Mm, probably not for the top. Yeah, well, enjoyable. Got to be up there. Sandlot's definitely. Yeah, remember the Titans. I, There's not a ton of sports movies like, that aren't directed towards kids. I feel like Remember the Titans is a little bit older than a kids movie, though. I mean, the guy dies in a car no. crash. It is totally about kids. There's the plucky little girl coach. Like, it's about kids. Maybe he doesn't die in a car crash. He gets injured no, he just in a car gets crash. Paralyzed. Yeah, he's paralyzed. That's right. He yeah. dies later. He dies later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone dies later. Well, that's true. Long enough timeline. No, no, everyone well, I dies. Know what my answer. My answer was the correct answer, Ryan, or wrong. Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. Excellent choice. Okay. Excellent choice. Fair. Uh, does anyone watch the new Disney Plus show that's Mighty Ducks? I've seen like three episodes. I'm completely caught up because I love the Mighty Ducks, but uh, it's not near as good as, as the first movies. But my one problem with the Mighty Ducks is, well, you know, there's I'm sure there's more, but the first, first movie, they beat a peewee hockey league. Uh, they win the championship in a peewee hockey league in Minnesota. Second one, all of a sudden, the entire team is representing Team USA with, like, a few ringers thrown on, which is just weird in the Goodwill junior Goodwill games. And then they win the gold medal against the world in this tournament. And then in the third movie, they can't beat the varsity squad at this prep school. And you're like, well, they're really, like, they really can't decide if these people are good at hockey or not. It's a very weird situation. Mm. Wasn't bothered by the it. There were three Ducks, separate movies. Does the Mighty Ducks have Bugs Bunny? That's all I have to ask. Well, they do not, but imagine Banksy. if they did. Yeah, Banks and a Goldberg. Yeah, mm-hmm. Goldberg fell on some hard times. The real the actor fell on some hard times. Uh, that did story you bring came... on here to be sad? Yeah, I did. I did because you broke my heart. So now I'm going to make you sad. 
So deal with that. All right. There we go. I think uh, one that didn't get mentioned that I always I always bring up is uh, Little Big League, which was the one where the kid was the manager of the Minnesota Twins uh, because his grandpa was the team owner and he died and left him the team. Uh, and then he named himself the manager. Very solid movie. Uh, top notch. So I would throw that one on there as well. Um, Is that the one where it was like the same kid from Rookie of the Year? No, but they do they like the same. they look sort of similar. And they came out like within a year of each other. Uh, so I think a lot of people got him confused. Uh, but Rookie of the Year, obviously the bigger movie, the bigger hit, I would say. But for me, I think Little Big League is a little better. Um, well, when did you cry the most? Oh, man. Why was it Angels in the Outfield? I was going to say Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> <laughs> when they're like, oh, he's... actually radio. He's not going to be around. I never watched radio. I never saw radio oh. either. Radio was sad. Yeah, it looked very sad. Looked very sad. Uh, and Cuba mm-hmm. Gooding Jr. is in that one, right? Yeah, where yeah. he he's mentally Cuba. just not there, and he becomes like the football manager, equipment yeah, right. manager. So Yeah. Speaking of sad, man. All right. So there we go. Uh... We wanted to talk about the upcoming Phil Knight Legacy Tournament uh, starting in Portland, Oregon. Purdue plays on Thursday, so they play on Thanksgiving Day at, Mm -hmm. listen to this, folks, buckle in, 10 uh, p.m. Eastern Time, because this is obviously on the West Coast. So Purdue versus West Virginia. Casey, I know you were planning to. Are you still going to be heading out there to cover the game, cover the tournament? Oh, yeah, buddy. Flights are booked. Uh, Leave Wednesday night. I think my flight leaves at um, seven fifty Chicago time. Okay. PM. I think I think I get there at like ten thirty. It's I'm gonna come back uh, complete just nocturnal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't see any other route. Lost. Lost my mind. Just don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. It's not even the latest. Purdue's not even the latest game of the night. The That's right. There's a game the after time. it. Yeah. Gonzaga Portland State right after. And will and Purdue will automatically play the winner of that game on uh, Friday. Is that correct? automatically oh i mean does it matter if they win or lose the purdue wins or loses i believe it matters i think that's how tournaments work okay well i wasn't sure if it's an actual tournament or if it's just like you know yeah because there's there's consolation games okay Uh, so the loser will play the loser and then those winners will play the winners of them or something yeah yeah and then as far as i know it's an actual I, i think you're right and then so purdue will play thursday they'll play friday and then they'll play sunday um, we don't know the times for either of those two games, uh, the Friday or the Sunday. It'll depend on, you know, if Purdue wins or Purdue loses. So Casey, I understand you've done a deep dive on this tournament. I don't want you to give everything away because I know you got your own podcast. Mm-hmm. You're going to put, uh, most of your effort into that one, but, uh, can you tell us at least a little bit about West Virginia effort? I can, I can put it all over the place. All right, good. Um, sure. West Virginia. Still coached by Huggy Bob Bear. Huggenstein. Huggy Bear. Still there. Which means a lot of things. They play really good defense. They're actually a pretty uh, highly efficient offense. They have someone that you'll know. Remember okay. uh, Joe Toussaint? I do. Little Toussaint-y. Little, little guard from Iowa. Yeah. Coming off the bench for Huggins, leading them in assist. Uh, scores about 10 points a game. Um, they're, a, they're a decent to good team. Um, they don't really have a monster big. Um, Jimmy Bell Jr., Pretty much they've got nine guys that play around 20 minutes. And then uh, Emmett Matthews Jr. is playing about 30 minutes a game. He's a, a very talented wing. Good score inside and out. Uh, they've got a lot more shooting than you would expect from a Huggins team. Pretty good offense. And it's going to be a good test for Purdue. Um, their wings are pretty big. And yeah, Purdue's going to have their handful. First yeah. Game. yeah, I can imagine. I mean, 
anytime you play a Bob Huggins team, you're never really going to get off, uh, get off easy. So, um, 27% turnover rate is what they're forcing right now. Okay. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Top 20 in the country. Yeah, that, that, uh, that checks out. Um, so Ryan, have you had a chance to look at West Virginia at all or have any thoughts just about the fact that Purdue is playing in this tournament? Um, I guess it's nice that Purdue gets to be part of the big boys in these kind of tournaments. Whenever you're in a holiday tournament with Duke and Gonzaga, you're doing something correct. Yeah. 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 And I mean, this isn't a situation where, where it's, um, what's the team who's always in the Maui Invitational because it's at their place. No idea. Oh, come on. (laughs) Somebody help me out. Is it Hawaii? No, it, oh, oh my God. I had it. I had it. It was right on the tip of my tongue. It's, uh, oh man, this is embarrassing that I can't think of this. Pepperdine. No. Chaminade. 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 There we go. Yeah. So, I mean, it's their, they're in it because, you know, it's their tournament. Um, so it's not like Purdue just kind of waltzed into this one. Purdue's a well-respected you, program. So, uh, are you telling me that's why Portland State Vikings are in this tournament? I'm telling you that may be why the Portland State Vikings are in this tournament. So, uh, well, I think that's biased. I think it is too. I think it is Portland too. State has already beat Oregon, who's also in this tournament. Okay. I mean, that doesn't really mean much to me. Is Oregon State a basketball power that I've been sleeping on these last 20 years? They are not. I'm just saying I don't yeah, think you'd so. give, give the same disrespect if I said Oregon State. No, um, I wouldn't probably. But uh, so, I mean, you know, it's a loaded, a loaded field. Um, can you tell us every team that's in this tournament? I know we've probably named them all here, but. I, I can. I can. Oh. Do, do you want to do you want to show off for the fans, Ryan? Yeah, let's let Ryan show off for the fans here. Let, oh. Let's do it. All right. Um, Duke is playing Oregon State. Florida is playing Xavier. Purdue is playing West Virginia, and Portland State's playing Gonzaga. Okay. I did my homework. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Those so, are also the order of the games. Good perfect. Job. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those Purdue listed as a 10 p.m. tip. When you're playing in a tournament like this, you can never really count on those start times unless they've broken the games into separate like windows they, have. they did okay so they have so purdue will play at that time okay there's like a two-hour gap or something between the two games and they are the first of the second sleep so okay good 10 o'clock is late but we will start at 10 o'clock. yeah oh man and i gotta go to work the next day i have to work on friday so it is gonna be a long day the next day not It'll looking work. forward to that it's going to be fun, though. I mean, yeah. you get that. So you're not going to stay up for uh, Portland State and Gonzaga? Probably not. No, no. You're going to miss out on what I think might be a surprisingly good game. Okay. You think Purdue Portland will play State? The winner of that. You think Portland State might be able to give so, it to Gonzaga a little bit? Portland State has four guards averaging double figures in points. Okay, but who have they played? Um, as I mentioned, they beat Oregon State again. <laughs> that doesn't do much for they me. They beat Oregon State on the road, 79-60s. Okay. I'm not saying they're great. But Gonzaga, if they have a weakness, which they do this year, they just got destroyed by Texas. Yeah. Is that their perimeter players are not great. Um, it's really about Drew Timmy inside, and then hopefully they get enough from their defense and their perimeter player. Um, they barely beat Michigan State. That is not a higher pa- high-powered offense anymore. So I do think Portland State will be an interesting test. Um, they're the kind of teams that you see that do really well in tournament play in the NCAA tournament. Because they have four different guys that can go off at any occasion. And they've done that while not particularly shooting the ball well. So if they have a hot night, Drell Satterfield is a name to uh, to know. Averaging 17 and a half a game, uh, I think he could have a pretty big tournament. 
But I, I, I'm not calling upset. I'm just saying be a better game than people hope or think. Think, yeah. If nothing else, it will be an interesting style of it. Yeah. So, um, Ryan, I want to get your take on this. One thing that worries me about this, not just this West Virginia game, but this tournament as a whole, is Purdue is so young that going all the way across the country, playing a late night game, and then getting up the next day and playing again. I worry about the team's mental focus. I worry about, you know, their uh uh their ability to just play back to back to back games like that. Well, one day off on Saturday. Um and I wonder if we think that'll affect them just because they are so young. Yes and no. I mean, um obviously, like you said, yes, going across the country to play in this kind of tournament is new for all of the young guys but the guy i'm really worried about is zach Eady. like he's been playing so many plus minutes this year how is he gonna handle this sort of tournament style uh games where he may have to play 30 minutes in each game so from a mental aspect the young players i think they'll be okay because it's somewhere okay you got to get going and you got this you know it's something new and exciting so your head's in it but from a physical factor all of these young legs may start getting tired by the time that third or second or third game starts rolling around yeah yeah i know i know casey when we talked about tournaments uh, last year, you weren't a big believer in that, you know, because your argument was basically, nope. "Hey, they're eighteen; they'll be fine." Eighteen-year-old athletes, and yeah, eighteen-year-old athletes, not athletes. just not just eighteen-year-old guys sitting around drinking booze uh, illegally. I want to add for anyone who's listening, I'm not a cop, but you know, I am a lawyer. You're so. Close, yeah, I'm a lawyer, so I cannot like condone illegal thing. activity. Almost cop, um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're not a firm believer uh, in that argument, right? No, because, I mean, at worst, I mean, they are going to play. They're going to play back-to-back days, then have a day off, and then play again. We are a deep team. Uh, Purdue plays 10 guys in double figures. Uh, Last year, uh, when Purdue was in the early season tournament and they played North Carolina and Villanova back-to-back games, granted, he's not playing 30 a minute. That's that's correct. But on the second of the back-to-back, after scoring nine against North Carolina, Edie had maybe his best game of, of that year, putting up 21 points against Villanova. I, I'm not worried about the big man bouncing back. Uh, the fact that he's been able to play two games above 30 minutes in one week shows me that there's no reason he would have played that much if Coach Painter was at all worried about him having that kind of minute load. And I've talked to him this season about it. And he's encouraged that he can play that much. And he and he kind of mentioned that, you know, he's had a lot of big guys and, and they do tend to get tired. And he doesn't really see that with Edie. Sure, you get tired, you work hard, but his level of play really doesn't drop off with fatigue. And he's been very encouraged by that. And I have as well. I, I think Edie is, if not the best player in the country, top five player in the country. Ooh, hot take. And mm-hmm. any minute that he's not on the floor is a loss for Purdue. That, he, he has been outrageous. Well, I mean, offensively, he had one clunker of a game, but I, he made up for it. You're going to, you're going to, I don't, I don't even think clunker. I, I mean, he had, yes, he didn't score efficiently. Uh, four for 13 was a, wild aberration compared yes. to what he normally in that game he also had 17 rebounds two assists one turnover and what, six blocks did i not say but he made up for it i yeah i'm just saying like okay he is incapable of having a bad game when he's on the floor it is an efficient offense because of the way he draws fouls because of the way he gets rebounds he's grabbing 24 percent 
offensive rebound rate. One out of every four misses, he grabs. It also That's feels, more than some teams get. It also feels like he's done a better job this season of uh, getting a sh- getting blocks, uh, being in the right position defensively to alter the shot or get the block. Um, maybe, you know, this is a small sample size and that may not carry out for a whole year, uh, but he looks like he's doing much better in that respect defensively. He absolutely is. Um, part of it is it's a little easier that you're not switching centers every like five minutes because when Trevion Williams was playing, that's an entirely different defensive scheme that you have to play when he's on the floor. So all of a sudden guards, instead of trying to get over screens, now they're switching with Trey. This year, it's pretty simple. Zach Eady's in there. He's dropping back. So you get over your screen. You have to challenge the shooter and you have to funnel them in towards a big guy. It's a lot easier when you know what to do every screen. And Zach Eady's done a better job of covering more space and being in the right space. I thought he was pretty damn good against Marquette. Um, I broke down. I, I, I was meaning to track every pick and roll he was put into and I stopped counting at 40. Oh, wow. He was put into just time and time again. And Marquette really never beat Purdue with the pick and roll, which was my main concern. But he, the way they were playing, the sound defense within the pick and roll themselves, Braden Smith's really good up top doing that, really just forced them into a lot of difficult mid-range floaters. And you're going to live with that if you're Coach Painter. You're going to live with that if you're Purdue. And it'll be interesting to see playing better teams where they can challenge him. But I've been very encouraged. He's averaging over three blocks a game. Yeah. And at no point in his career before has he ever been that much of a defensive presence even against teams that weren't very good. So I, I've been very encouraged by how he's learned. Yeah, me too. Me too. So to to kind of wrap this up, you said, you know, he's going to be playing against good teams. So I went to Ken Palm and I wanted to look up kind of the opponents or possible opponents that Purdue could play in this uh, tournament. Gonzaga, currently number five in Ken Palm. Uh, Xavier is number 35. Duke is also in this thing. They are number nine. Uh, Purdue currently at 25, and West Virginia currently at number 40 in Ken Palm. Um, I, I'm not all I'm not all the way down, but I'm trying to find Portland State. Um, I could have I could have scrolled past them, uh, but I don't see them offhand. Um, so they're uh, like 160 range. Okay, I was in the 120s as I said that. So I believe. Um, so I mean, there we go. I mean, it's a it's a pretty good field. Uh, Purdue should be challenged in just about every game. So it's going to be something that we're all going to look forward to. Some good basketball, you know, especially these early season tournaments. You can really figure out a lot about your team because as Ryan and I have said, after these early games, you know, it's hard to get a bead on who this Purdue team is, but this will be their really their first challenge and it's going to be uh, exciting to see where they come out of this and and what teams they play and what wins they can get. Could be a uh, Major implications come NCAA tournament seeding time if they have these key wins in the uh, non-conference. And so either of you have anything else about this tournament before we take a break? Yeah, this is going to have some of the best big on big action for the entire season. There are some legitimate centers on most. Yeah, that's offensive good. Firepower. Yeah, that's good. It'll it'll give give Edie every every chance to prove himself as if you, you know, you believe he's one of the best players in the country, if not the best. This will be his chance. Correct. Timmy is waiting in the second round. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, anything? Is Drew Timmy going to retire yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's waiting I mean, on he's the... He's got to be 30 years old by now, right? He's waiting on the Medicare to kick in. You know, he's doing it for insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's gotcha. he's he's being financially smart, so I understand it. I understand it. So hopefully okay. this... I believe this would be his last season uh, at Gonzaga. His fourth season. 
I I forget when what year is it they could get a redo? Maybe he can come back. Maybe he can come back. Yeah, he would be able to come back, I believe. From twenty twenty COVID. Yeah. So and he he would have been there. Hey. So so if he wants, he could come back for another year and haunt our dreams. Uh but we'll see. We'll see. So there we go. That is your that is our preview of the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament out in Portland. Uh Casey, where can people find uh your coverage of this tournament? Uh you can find the coverage over at Boiler Upload Purdue's or Rivals Purdue site. And I understand and where we may, you know, touch on this in the second half, but I want to give you a chance now that's, that's to, to plug the podcast and we'll we'll maybe we'll give you a second one at the end. <laughs> yeah, we just uh you know, it's been a crazy transition the first couple of weeks. We're just now getting the podcast going again. It was me, uh, Travis Miller, and Dub Jellison on the first one. I think that's how we're going to do it going forward. I'll probably have some where I interview some uh, posing rivals writers and other people throughout the week. So, yeah. Boiler Upload podcast. We are currently on Spotify. Not on and Apple. Working on the other thing. So, yeah. there is another podcast called Boiler former, Upload on Apple. Former beat writer. Former uh, beat reporter that we got to go take care of. Yeah, so uh, if you see it in there, it's not that. So go on Spotify to find it, uh, Boiler Upload Podcast. I listened to the first episode last week. Casey was slinging hot takes like they were mm. like they were uh, pancakes mm-hmm. at an IHOP. So be sure to tune in and listen to that. We're going to take a break, come back. Talk Have you about- ever had a hot pancake at IHOP? Yes. I feel like everything comes out pretty mid there. Uh, well, they're better than Waffle House. More of a House. Waffle House guy. Nope. Yeah, nope. Hey. Hey, you, this podcast, this podcast, Do you have Waffle Houses, this podcast, this podcast is an anti Waffle House podcast. You oh, of all people right. should know that. Yeah, it did hurt me, man. All right, man. there we go. We're going to come back, out, talk about, <laughs> we are going to go take a break, come back, talk about Purdue's victory and look ahead to the Big Ten West. <laughs> And we are back. So uh, Casey has stayed with us. Uh, we were able to to get him for a second segment here. We're going to talk about Purdue's victory over Northwestern. Final score, an abysmal 17-9. to uh, But to to quote my, my good friend Dom Toretto, you know, a victory is a victory. It doesn't matter if it's by an inch or a mile. So uh, Purdue still gets the victory. They now sit. Those at, are the facts of life? N- nope. Is that what you were quoting? No, that was, uh, I was doing Fast and the Furious. Winning is winning. That's right. So uh, Purdue seven and four, five and three in conference, still tied atop the Big Ten West. But we will get into that in a minute. Um, Ryan, you wrote the game wrap for us on HammerandRails.com. Great site out there. You should all check out. Um, what stood out to you about this game? Um, Northwestern doesn't have that much talent <laughs> this year. I mean, we all knew it, but. Purdue really played down to their level for pieces of this game. Yeah. And Aiden O'Connell is not so good in the wind. No. He's got a problem with accuracy when it's windy. So his numbers sort of reflected that. He was 16 of 25, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. No interceptions. So next game he's having negative one. Negative one. Yeah, to follow the— There you, we go. You've been right on as we've gone here. Yep. So, but— his QBR was only 45. Yeah, so, not, good, not good. Now, I, I good. before before I let you continue, I want to point out the Northwestern quarterback's QBR, 10.1. So right. not exactly a battle uh, of the, the all-time greats in this one. Yep, he was in his first career start, and it showed. Yeah, yeah. 9 of 20 for 78 yards and one interception. Hoof. 
battle of the four string quarterbacks. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So Ryan, what what else do we need to know? Well, not good. Not good news. Um, <laughs> Devin Mockaby in the first quarter uh, took a pretty pretty big hit. He met a Northwestern defender at the line of scrimmage and was pulled from the game. He was put into the concussion protocol, and he did not play the rest of the day. So Jeff Brom mentioned in his postgame presser that he doesn't know the status as of yet, or as of that point. So we'll see. We'll see how he how he's doing. Kobe Lewis and uh, Dylan Downing did take over for Maccabee throughout the day. They had 91 combined yards, so they filled in. But it's just another injury. Yeah, and I want to I want to say kudos to the referee who uh, kind of grabbed Maccabee and made him leave uh, because the hit was pretty pretty big on him. And we did not want a Miami Dolphins situation out there. So mm-hmm. uh, excellent job by that official to to notice that Maccabee had taken one heck of a hit and get him checked out to make sure he was okay. Um, as Ryan said, you know, we don't know for sure the status. We don't really know what's going on. Uh, but uh, I would rather be safe than sorry. And, of course, Purdue wound up with the victory anyway. So we really hope he is all right. But I do think that official did the right thing. Right. And as fans in real time, you never really like to see when that happens because you see a referee pulling your your starting running back out. Um, so you assume that it's only for one play, but as you said, this is the correct decision. You know, you want his health to be the number one priority. Yeah, exactly. And he wasn't the only Boilermaker to go down, was he? Uh, no, he was not. Later on, our starting center, Gus Hartwig, he got rolled up on by a teammate, and he is out for a while, according to Jeff Brom, which is Jeff Brom code to his season is probably over. Yeah. That is the first time Brom has ever been early on a diagnosis. Yeah, I think so, too. It's always, well, we'll wait and see. I almost, like, left the, the media building and just, like, whooping over the fact that he actually let news out yeah i mean he never he never says anything he is always tight-lipped always you know playing it close to his chest hoping he can get an advantage somehow and you know i i don't know what he is hoping for but to actually get that news from brahm kind of let us know that he's done i mean i don't think we'll see yeah i don't see think we'll see gus hartwig again this year which is awful because he's been Purdue's best offensive lineman he has been so steady at that center position. And that, I mean, obviously, it's it's such an important position on that offensive line. And it is sad that that's how his season is probably going to end. So Purdue, um, you know, typical Purdue faction, made some mistakes that ended up costing them. Um, do you guys have an opinion on the touchdown that got called back? It was so egregious. It was like the 30-yard line. <laughs> and he almost got caught. No, no, I don't think he almost got caught. It wasn't that close. It looked like close. it from my angle. But, so I watched the replay of it a bunch today. It doesn't look as bad. No, and he didn't really do much high-stepping. He, so, he he did it for like two, three yards, and then I think he was worried that he was going to get caught and and kept going. And then of, we're, of course, talking about Jalen Grant with what would have been a pick six and what would have put Purdue up 21-3. to three and basically ended the game as we saw Northwestern's offense. But he was called for unsportsmanlike conduct, which, according to the rules now, wipes off the play. So no interception, no touchdown, Northwestern ball. Uh, They ultimately got a field goal out of that drive, did they not? 
Nope, they missed a 47-yard field oh, they goal missed. on that drive. Okay, okay. Yep. Thank you for the correction. But I mm-hmm. think, so I think, I think part of the thing in play, when you do some video replay, you can, you can kind of edit it to where the, the like speed of all the scenes go together. And that's why some of the replays look almost like fast forwarded. So it's all one continuous thing. Cause I remember seeing it live and I'm almost directly across 25 where he started. And I've never seen someone just look back at the guy and it, it was almost like he stopped and then just went, High step, high step, high step, high step, high step, at the 20. And then he had to boost it to go forward. Like, just the last couple of yards. It's just you're not, such a... You're not prime time there. You're it's such a, a dumb, such a dumb penalty. Like, it is, but it's in the playbook. No, like, it's in the rule. Yeah. Well, it might be in Purdue's playbook, but I think you mean it's in the handbook or the rule, book. The rule book. It yeah. seems like it might be in Purdue's playbook I don't to have know. at least just, one dumb penalty a game. It's just so on brand that, like, it's hard to even just... It, well, and it's so the game should have been over. Yeah, it exactly. Been a blowout. We're playing a fo- Purdue is playing a four string quarterback that literally can't throw the ball, and instead, because they high stepped it on a clear pick six, Purdue has to fight and claw and barely win against one of the worst Big Ten football teams I think I've ever seen. Yeah, well, and the whole game would have been different had I mean, obviously we're 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 discounting, we're taking away the Jalen Graham touchdown, but when Northwestern gets, you know, their touchdown in the fourth quarter. They try to go for two uh, to keep it within one score. They fail, so then they're down eight um, once Purdue gets their field goal, and suddenly they have to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion again. It would have been quite the story if they had just gotten the extra point. Purdue got their field goal, and then it's a seven-point game, and then you wonder, does Northwestern go down and score? Do they go for two? It's just one of those things like uh, we talked about earlier in the year. Do you chase the points early? Uh, Casey and I talked about it. Do you chase the points or do you go for two when you think you can get it? Um, it really could have come back to bite Fitzgerald uh, that he went for that two earlier um, and didn't get it. Well, I think if you're Pat Fitzgerald, you have to chase the points at that point because Northwestern only uh, put together two scoring drives. What are the odds you put together another touchdown drive when you can only be down by three? Big facts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand his thinking. I, I just think it would have been interesting had they actually put together another scoring drive and then had to have gone for two and then missed it rather than being able to kick the extra point to tie. It would have really been uh, an interesting question at the press conference, I'm sure. So, I, Yeah, but at the same time, Northwestern, I, I think they got the ball with like seven minutes left. It at like the 15, 20 yard line. And mm-hmm. it took them the entire clock to get to the like 50. Yeah, it was a very long, slow, <laughs> just kind of nothing drive. It was like you look up and the clock just keeps going. And you're like, how are they only there? Yeah. Like what it, happened? I, it was I a wildcat off. They didn't pass. They didn't pass the ball at all. Yeah. They couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> right. Not they, available. They gave the ball to Evan Hall and said, all right, you do this six straight times. Have you ever played Madden with like a broken controller where you didn't have like a button or two? No. That was their offense. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a good time. No. Doesn't sound like a good time. Um, Wildcats ran Wildcats. They did. They did. So, overall, I mean, you know, great game by the Purdue defense, short of that penalty. I mean, they only allowed nine points. I know Northwestern's bad, but anytime your defense can hold a team to nine points, you're going to say that's a good performance, regardless of what your offense does. You know, you can't control that. So, kudos to the defense for doing their job, doing what they needed to do. But man, this Purdue offense, when there's wind, when there's any sort of weather, they they really have some problems. 
only mustering 17 points against Northwestern. Did not really look good. Um, you know, Charlie Jones, uh, six receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, kind of coming back to earth once this weather gets bad and conditions aren't really favorable for the precision passing game, as Jeff Brom calls it. So after this game, you know, Purdue was tied at the top of the standings, remained tied uh, at the top of the Big Ten West, and all Purdue fans turned toward Minnesota, where Iowa traveled to Minnesota. And for those who have been paying attention, Purdue needs to win their last two games. You know, check mark on the Northwestern game. One game left now, and they need Iowa to lose one of their final two games. They headed to Minnesota, and then they play against Nebraska next week. Um, Minnesota had every chance to win this game against Iowa, but P.J. Fleck just continues to let us down. Uh, you know, we've obviously on this podcast always have been huge P.J. Fleck fans. Think so, about you know, <laughs> so it's shocking. Uh, to hear us trash him, but, you know, he just, the play calling got a little too cute there in the fourth quarter. Minnesota turned it over. Uh, Iowa squeaks away uh, with another victory, and now Purdue fans have to rely on Nebraska to get a victory against Iowa if they want to head to Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game. Do we think it is possible? Yeah, Iowa's not a very good football. I mean, we made him look pretty good. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> the Big Ten West does not. In any conceivable fashion, in any universe, in any timeline, in all the places, deserve to crown anyone champion. No, I mean, we really should just no. play Michigan-Ohio State twice in a row. Twice. Two weeks in a row. Just That's let them do it. Do whatever. Yeah, just, it is a deep mockery of the sport, of the conference, of what football means in a large general sense. That Purdue, Iowa, Illinois, Minnesota, they were all viable to be champion? Yep. Champion of what? Place is a sham. Turn it down. Uh, Ryan, do saw you... a stat. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, saw a stat this weekend. Not a single Big Ten West team scored 20 points this weekend. Until <laughs> <laughs> seven scored under 20. And it's it's rough sledding out here. I mean, yeah, I think Ohio State, Michigan, twice in a row would at least help your ratings. I mean, the Big uh, Ten Championship is is a hot girl at the bar at 3 a.m. looking around at a bunch of ugly drunk dudes. <laughs> and no one wins in that. Just go home. Don't have the bowl game. Yeah, it's like there's there's the episode of How I Met Your Mother uh, where they say, you know, my mom always told me nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m. Uh, so in your scenario, the, the pretty girl should just go home because mm-hmm. they're not going to be happy in the morning. So uh, just go home, Big Ten West. You're drunk. You're drunk. Um. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, the good thing about this coming week for Purdue is Purdue does play on Saturday, the bucket game uh, in Bloomington. What time? Hold on. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, but the the Iowa Minis- or Iowa-Nebraska game is on Friday. So right. Purdue will know their fate um, on Saturday before the game even starts because if Iowa wins that game, Purdue cannot go to the Big Ten title game. Um, their, their chance is completely completely gone so then if iowa should lose to nebraska then then everything falls on purdue and the bucket game yeah that's success (laughs) yeah they've really done well uh under pressure situations this year i mean maybe casey thompson can actually play football again well i doubt it but nebraska if they somehow pull this out i just the pressure on Purdue is just something that 
never ends well. It just never ends well. Yeah. So maybe this is like, maybe this is somehow different. I just, I don't want to get hurt again. It's IU football will be fine. I mean, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But what do you care? Okay, you can ask your You're question not now. Be there. You can ask your question now. What time's the game time? Uh, the game is at three thirty. Three thirty kickoff. Bluey playing. Uh, Bluey starts at three at the Kennedy Center. Ah, how so, long does the show go for? Uh, forty-five minutes. Good thing your new car will uh, drive yourself home. That's right. That's right. The new car will get me there uh, safely. Get me home. Uh, although you know, it's only a forty-five-minute show. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want to know how much tickets you were? You do not want to know how much I paid for three tickets uh, to see Bluey live. Would it have been cheaper to go to Bloomington for the football game? Most likely. <laughs> am I? How many tickets am I buying, and how many? Like, is it just me going? To, is it just me going to the football yeah. game? Yeah, just you to the football game. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be cheaper. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. Especially because uh, I'm sure both of you saw this story Ooh. that IU is just giving tickets away to this uh, to this bucket game. Every student gets a free ticket. Nice. That's not going to backfire. On on Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The weather going to be nice? Oh, doubt it. Doubt it. 51 um, and 11 mile an hour winds. Oh, God. See, that's what worries me. That's what worries me. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, IU has been able to beat Illinois. Uh, they beat Michigan State. So, who knows? Um, we're not going to make predictions on this podcast. We'll do that middle of the week. But, I mean... I want both of you to make a prediction for me, not related to the Purdue game. Do you think Nebraska will beat Iowa? Yes or no? Casey, you go first. Yes. Ryan. No. Oh, all right. Split decision. Split decision. I'm actually, I think they might. I think they might. It just feels, it just feels like Iowa has been playing with fire all season and Nebraska surely can muster, muster one win against this terrible terrible Iowa offense. It would it would not make any sense for someone to win their way into the Big Ten title. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> on, the, on, the big, on the West. That's true. Side. It makes the, the, no sense. The perfect Big Ten West scenario is Iowa loses to Nebraska, mm-hmm. and then Purdue loses to IU, and then I believe then in Illinois. that scenario. Is Illinois back in it? I don't even know. But <laughs> then Illinois would have to lose to Northwestern. True. And Northwestern oh, would get their first win on the American whole soil. Big Ten West. Yeah, yeah. I mean... It's just this the Big Ten West has just been such such an embarrassment. Um, but at the end of the day, if if uh, Nebraska can beat Iowa and Purdue beats IU, I will gladly gladly call Purdue the Big Ten West champion. Uh, so can we have can we? Have, I have like five minutes. Can we have a quick legacy talk? A little check in. Okay. Where does AOC stand? Because it looked like at the beginning of the year he might be. Uh... Crawling up the list of uh, all-time favorite quarterbacks for Purdue. Where is he on your list? Best QB? Uh, like top five? Yeah. Maybe top ten. Are you talking about in my lifetime or all-time at Purdue? I mean, I guess whatever's right. I mean, I would say all-time, I guess he'd be top ten. In my lifetime, he's top five. What? What's your five? I mean, top five. Obviously, Drew Brees, number one. Kyle Lorton, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe put Joey Elliott, number three. <laughs> even though even though he only really had you one you, year. everybody uh well listen i mean i know the the next choice no that makes sense Cinderella. the next choice that makes sense i think would be curtis painter but i mean painter just put up gonzo numbers uh but did it against t- just terrible teams um and then, i mean Sindelar and blau get you know 
honorable mm-hmm. mentions, but I mean, I think AOC would be above them uh, overall, I would, just, just for longevity's sake. I would take sake. over AOC a hundred times under. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I disagree. Ryan, what do you think? This is a bad question for me. <laughs> I, I was two years old when Drew Brees was playing. Oh yeah, yeah, but Cindelar, Blau, AOC. I would have to go AOC, Blau, Cindelar in those in that order. I think I think I agree with Ryan. Oh no, I'm taking Blau over uh, AOC for sure. So you've got the Cindelar, <laughs> Blau, AOC. AOC is slick. AOC's got the story though. I mean, I mean, how many Blau had a pretty good story. Yeah. What? Yeah. But no, I mean, I think I think you. You make a p- good point about. I mean, um, hey, hey, I'm I'm gonna be a little sacrilegious here. AOC had a story where uh, his first chapter might have been more accurate than his last. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, ever I mean, ever since he had that rib injury, this was really, not a good year. He really hasn't been the same. I mean, he had a good game. Uh, what was it? Three weeks ago. Which game was it? Where he was Casey? I think it was the last episode you and I did. Um, where he just had really great throws that we thought looked like NFL throws. Nebraska. Nebraska game, yeah. Um, but, I mean, really, that's been his best game this year. And other than that, he's he's been wildly inaccurate at times. He was really good last year. Crazy oh, yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, last year's and season has got to be one 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 of the tops uh, of, of recent memory for Purdue, for a Purdue quarterback. Yeah, but and honestly, um, you go from David Bell and Milton Wright to only Charlie Jones. As, as good as Charlie Jones has been this year, there are no other weapons for Purdue. Well, TJ no, no, Sheffield no. Payne just Durham. hasn't pulled out. Payne Durham, well, Payne Durham has done great. I don't, years I don't think he knows any of the other receivers' names. <laughs> he may he's, not. He just knows I, what's on the back of the jersey. He's like, hey, uh, Sheffield. Guy on the left. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. I, losing, I, losing Milton Wright and uh, Brock Thompson have been huge blows to this offense. I, I, it just I, it feels a lot more narrative than the way he's this year. The season was rough. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I it's. I don't think anybody would argue with that. And I think it's the big old question of: Do you want a pretty good quarterback that can't move or create any offense, or a mediocre one who can break a play down and make some plays with his legs? <laughs> um, which Blau can kind of do. Excuse me. Did you not see his runs in the Illinois game? I, I saw where he planted his foot against Northwestern um, to, <laughs> I assume, cut up the field, but he just stopped. Yeah, when he went for that, what was it, fourth and three? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was painful to watch. He uh, had it. There was five yards of space, yeah, and he was, went to change direction, and, and it didn't work out. Yeah, the direction went from going left to kind going sideways. Sideways, yeah. Um, but I mean, I think I think you are right. There's a lot of narrative around AOC. His last season, incredible, and you know, going from what was it, sixth string to now being the starter, uh, has really been quite incredible. But he certainly hasn't lived up to our expectations in this, his final year with the team. I, I just want to come full circle and uh, just say, wish Jack Plummer was our quarterback still. Oh, there we go. Bringing it all the way back. Um, so yes, but I, I still want to say if, if Nebraska pulls it off and if Purdue beats IU, I am going to that big 10 championship game in Indy. There will be no bluey getting in the way that time. Have you, have you checked? There might be a Teletubbies convention. Hey, I uh, no, we're not a Teletubbies family. We are a Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and Bluey family, and Daniel Tiger. All right, so I know what to get you guys for Christmas. Exactly, Teletubby. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is happening? It has to be copyright, non-sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I got the toy. I'm going to use the toy. 
I don't know what that was bluey. That was bluey. There you go. Uh, so one more time, Casey, where can people find you? Where can people listen? Yeah. Over at boileruploadcom uh, rivals produce site. Uh, check out the new podcast. Uh, we got a bunch of video podcasts up too. We just had Chris Kramer on this week. Um, we'll have a lot of good stuff for the bucket and yeah, I'll be in Portland covering uh Purdue's venture into the land of Phil Knight. So yeah, there you go. And what about Twitter? Where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, see Bartley rivals now. Does that yep. sound right? Yep. You changed okay. it. You changed Twitter it. is still running. Yes. Assuming Twitter is still running come yeah. Monday, uh, Monday, the world cup begins really. So, uh, we could be in some trouble if you're looking for stuff on Twitter could crash the site. We'll see. Um, but everybody, thanks for listening. For Ryan, for Casey, and myself, that's it, folks. Let's boiler up and let's head into Thanksgiving with some basketball. Hammer down. Okay. Every grateful, every true, listen,